0: What's going on, guys? Roma the Romer here. Welcome to my podcast. In my podcast, I will be speaking with people about how they built their businesses. I'll be dissecting their businesses, and I'll also just bring on guests that interest me in general. So, anybody who is interesting to me, I'm going to bring on here. I'm just going to have conversations with them. So, if you guys are interested in that, be sure to subscribe to my podcast. I'm also on Instagram, YouTube. I have a Facebook group called Roma the Romer Seller Community. I'm all over the place, I'm on TikTok. Let's get into this, guys. I'm super excited to get this podcast going. Much love. Hope you enjoy.
1: hard, well done, sir. And welcome to the freaking well show. What's going on, guys? with the Romer
0: here. This is my first. This is my first like virtual interview on my channel. Believe it or not. I've never done this before. It's kind of weird. But I got Frank from Little Out Prep. I use him for uh for prepping books when whenever my Whenever my business gets in a crisis, whenever we can't prep books for restrictedinventory.com, we call Frank up and we've been sending him thousands of books lately and he's been making a lot of money off of us. And so that got me interested. I talked to him on the phone recently since we're, we're doing, we're basically doing a lot of business together. And I was talking to him, I was like, dude, how do you, how many books can you list an hour? Like how many team members do you have? Like what's going on here? So you want to say something about yourself, introduce yourself, what your business model is, how'd you get into running a prep company.
1: So what's up everyone? My, my hair company? looks so awesome? Oh man, my hair's great.
0: <laughs> I can't pull that off, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, you have my brother's hair, to be honest with you. You got uh, like, it, you're like a redhead to me. You're dude, like a redhead
0: to me. People say that. I don't see it. You but know, when, it well, gets, when it gets don't long, it right, right now, control. but
1: you got the curls, bro. You yeah, dude, no, I,
0: I had to cut that shit. It was getting crazy.
1: <laughs> but, uh, my, my philosophy is pretty simple. Uh, You bring books in, you ship them, and all that bullshit. Uh, What got me in about, uh, what was it? We're on our third year, so about uh, about three years ago, me and my uh, buddy Andrew Haynes, the uh, other co-owner of Little Al, who's usually in the back, doesn't like to be on camera and all this crap. We were just talking about what kind of um, stuff we wanted to do, and then we looked at FBA, and we were like, yeah, you know, let's put up a website and see what goes.
0: How did you find out about FBA? Because you didn't sell on Amazon before.
1: No, no, we didn't. So um, we had um, this guy who we thought um, was pretty cool, and he ran a prep center. And we were like, what about that idea? So we were like – we looked at his model, and we were like, uh, I think we could try and pull it off. But we never really knew how to do it. So basically what we did is – um Wait, you September, saw him where? You said you saw him where? Uh, it's a, uh, another Dayton, Ohio prep center. Okay. So, um, we kind of, uh, worked together a little bit and then, um, we decided to go and start our own prep center and then boom, little all happened. And two months in, we got our first client and we've been going ever since.
0: Nice. So how did, did you get pretty involved? Cause I've seen you in the Facebook groups. And for those of you that don't know about the Facebook groups, it's they're pretty interesting it's a pretty interesting place the facebook groups but yeah. what the facebook groups are great for is if you have a business or if you have a question or like like it's crazy how fast things spread in those facebook groups like restrictedinventory.com my service blew up super fast cuz everybody had the problem with restricted books and then people left and right saying restrictedinventory.com restrictedinventory.com and i've seen like facebook groups a lot of like these companies that are selling to resellers they're the place to be.
1: Oh, yeah. I How'd you, think, uh, how'd you,
0: how'd you get in the Facebook groups? Because I got in the Facebook groups to try to learn how to sell books. I was like, I need to learn how to sell books. I'm doing every single Facebook group. Were you like, that's the place to go to get more customers?
1: So basically, the, the first the first part was we didn't know what the hell we were doing. So we were like, let's go in the Facebook group okay. and tap into that knowledge. And that's how we met. Uh, that's how we got involved with the Book Flipper group. And then I just started going to all these other random uh, groups of Amazon FBA and all that. Actually, uh Caleb Roth was uh, one of the first persons who let us um put our little uh, little Isle ad up on their group, nice. which kind of kicked us off and uh, that that's you, always always how'd pretty you,
0: cool. How'd you convince him of that?
1: I asked. It was it was as simple as that. I was like, "Hey, I'm a new prep center. Can I stick an ad up on your um group?" And then he was like, "Oh, sure, man. Sounds great. Thanks for coming to me."
0: Did uh, did he know anything about you? Did he had had he had heard heard about you before?
1: At that time, it no. Like we had no coverage uh, at that point. I think we only had like one client. So okay. I mean, if if you have one client, no one's really heard of you.
0: <laughs> have have any prep centers? I mean, like not to call anyone out unless you want to call them out. <laughs> have any prep centers like absolutely just like ruined? Their reputation in the Facebook groups just by being super shitty.
1: Um, uh, quite a bit. Uh, one in particular, but um, you know, I'm not gonna discuss any. Yeah, particular you do um, you, you, you probably you probably know them.
0: <laughs> the thing the thing I I love about the Facebook groups is they will absolutely shit on people <laughs> if they're not like a, if they're not legit. So it's so easy to find out who's frauds because they'll just fucking like they will destroy and then most of it like they're. Facebook groups by nature are like pessimistic as fuck.
1: Oh yeah, half the, half the time I'm battling fires. I'm always on them saying, all right, what are they talking about, Little Al? And then if there's any discrepancies, I'm always over there like, boom, boom, boom. Trying to uh, work my magic.
0: Hell yeah, I'm looking at these, uh, making sure we're live. This is my first time. This is kind of weird. Like I'm, Most of the time I go live on YouTube by myself but this is like a whole new software so i can see uh raken <laughs> raken's the first comment in here he says what's up everyone junk man in the house what's going on guys i can't even see how many people are in here um,
1: i'm just i'm just seeing you in live so i was i'm just it's all crazy to me do you see i didn't even know new? about the software is it split
0: screen or
1: oh yeah it's split screen
0: cool cool um, so let's let's back up um, sure. cuz this is a hell of a business to, to be running there, there's, there's benefits to your business uh, you, unlike us, unlike booksellers, we we purchase inventory as cash flow negative. We prep the inventory ourselves, or pay you to prep it. That's even more cash flow negative. Uh, and then we pay storage fees, negative again. And then the book sells, and that's a profit. And it's usually between three weeks to three months. Uh, with you, at least grass is always greener on the other side. I'm sure it's different, but it seems like book touches down. Your team preps it, you bill the guy within two weeks, you make the profit.
1: Pretty much. So um, basically we bill uh, right after we complete a shipment or the following Monday, um, whichever I decide to be lazy. Sometimes I'm lazy and just do all the invoices Monday like I did today. Um, but, yeah, no, it's it's pretty simple for us. Uh, the only, the bad side about using a prep center is it's an extra cost. Right. And you, have, uh, you lose control over that inventory while in transit. I think that's the two big uh, obstacles. um, Why is
0: the second thing a bad thing, losing control
1: of the inventory? Some people like to be in control of Um, it. There's a lot of people um, that are uh, medium medium Amazon sellers that transition to prep centers because they don't want to hire employees and all that, Mm. that um, have particular tastes when it comes to their inventory. And them losing control of that – you know, it makes them nervous, makes them anxious, and uh, I mean, it's all totally understandable. Yeah, because your control, you're uh, you know, only going off of reviews of a complete stranger who you don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you've had some crazy situations where people are just like, you, you prepped my like when people get uh, bad reviews on their books that you prepped or something. I'm sure people just go apeshit.
1: Actually, uh, we're pretty. It's pretty rare. Uh, really? We don't actually get that uh, that feedback. That's one of the few things we don't get feedback from.
0: Nice. Uh, that's that's good because with restrictedinventory.com, dot I I feel like a damn near on my prep center because I have like you know four hundred clients and I have all their inventory on my account and I'm selling their stuff. But if if I sell one of their items and Amazon says it's counterfeit or Amazon or the customer complains, that's on my account. The customer's never going to know, you right. know. So uh, I I bite that bullet. Um but I, I wanted to back up a little bit, like even before running a prep center like what's your background like were you always an entrepreneur like you sell drugs in high school like what's going yeah. on?
1: <laughs> I sold Yu-Gi-Oh cards in middle school, but i okay. mean I, I before this, I started a, a web design and web development company um but the consistency of cash flow there wasn't the greatest, so I so actually interesting got a little bit that you went
0: from web development to like such a, it's not an inventory-based business, but you like such a physical business.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought it was interesting because I never done logistics before. Gotcha. I was literally like, pretty good. Let's see what, what this. Done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, that and uh, I did uh, tax and accounting. I was um, working for. Oh, who was I working for? I was working for a tax preparer at one point, and I'd have like three years experience of that. So I'm mm. I'm everywhere. For some reason.
0: How did that All make you feel? Tax and accounting. Say that again. How did that make
1: you feel? Tax and accounting? You know, I actually enjoy the tax part. I don't like the accounting part. Accounting sucks, but you have to do it.
0: What do you mean the tax part, but but not the accounting part?
1: So I used to prepare paying uh,
0: tax. The tax. <laughs> you like making other people pay taxes? <laughs> no, I no.
1: <laughs> so basically, um, the tax part is um, you would give me your W twos, um, your business income, uh, any rental properties, and all that good stuff, you medical receipts, and all that. And then I would um, create the tax return for you, and that's mm. what a tax preparer does. Gotcha. And I did a small business and personal. Where uh, for the three years I did it, gotcha. I'm not. A pro- I'm not a professional by any means. I mean, three years is all. Is just all right in that industry.
0: Gotcha. Let me ask you this real quick. Uh, sure. So we we get we got W nines from all of our consignees, and I'm like a lot of my audience is now selling books for other people, selling books for libraries, thrift stores, friends. And there's a certain point. I think it's like 600 bucks where you have to file something. It's like if you have to get a yeah. W nine or uh, and give them a 10.99. I don't. I don't really understand it all, but basically we got like hundreds of W9s and then I, I, I gave them to my CPA, but it was like mid January. And he was like, he was like freaking out because he didn't know, he was just like, we're gonna do this next year. What would you do if you were in a position where you had, uh, you, you sold someone's inventory, you paid them 50% of Amazon's payout. And so it looks like you made 100% of that money, that money was put in your bank account. What, like what would your approach be? Do you you have an answer for that? I mean, just from your tax and accounting experience.
1: Now that would be difficult because um, once the revenue comes in, like let's say you do a $60, you just do a $60 book from uh, Amazon. Uh, You would get um, $30 back. So you can only record $30 of revenue and the other 30 would be sent out. But I don't know if that $30 would be an expense on your end or something else? It's we, actually, it's a we pretty. Cool off,
0: I think this year we're writing it off as inventory cost.
1: Yeah, that they could also be that as well because it, it is a cost of having the inventory, and uh, yeah, it would also it basically be your shipping would also get in there as well. So I mean, it's a good question. I wish I was a tax professional. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So does, uh, cause you're, you're getting more and more active on Instagram. Uh, yeah. You follow me on Instagram. I do. And, uh, I think that's actually how we really connected. I, I saw you go on a couple live live. Uh, I was like naked in my kitchen and you came in like a live video. And then eventually I was like, right, I need to prep center. I'm going to use that guy.
1: <laughs> you were making um, a movie of some kind. I forget which, but it was a um, bunch of fruit crap in there. And oh my goodness.
0: Yeah. Um, does like does watching my content does it make you want to sell on Amazon more or less?
1: Ah, uh, probably a little more. Uh, actually, once we started at Am- or uh, once we started little L, we didn't know how much sellers made. <laughs> mm-hmm. so when uh, sometimes um sellers give us full access because they just don't care. yeah, and then um our first client was actually one of our bigger clients at the time because he was ah uh, he's still sending us pallets and all that. And we saw how much he made, and we were like, "God damn, we're just getting pennies on the dollar." What? Wait,
0: wait, wait! He's uh, sending you pallets of like pre-sorted, like it's all good. You're not sorting through it.
1: Correct. He's a uh, he's one of them. We sometimes uh, we not we did card-
0: the books, or
1: they're they're yeah. all books. He buys them from one source, and shipping I can't tell you the source. You're not shipping them over from India. No, he's not shipping them over from India. I can guarantee you that.
0: <laughs> Solid. So, yeah. Like, yeah. No, That's that's actually a lot of booksellers are concerned about uh, their employees. They're like, well, what do you do when they can see the profit, you know, be like 1200 for a, for a box of CDs. And uh, I, I was actually concerned about that too. Cause I was like, they're going to see that. And they're going to jack their hours up. But at the end of the day, you can't really, you can't really fake how many, like, I know, how, I know how many books you're supposed to listen an hour. And even if you see me make 12,000 profit on a box of books, or box and media. Box and media, is, they they get up there. Like you've you've seen media, like because yeah. it fits so many items in a box. It's crazy. But uh, the theory is that if they can see that number rise, they're they're gonna start thinking, uh, how can I get more money from him? Or just psychologically, like this this guy this motherfucker made twelve hundred off of me packing a box for him. That it took me you know two hours to pack that box. Like I should be getting paid a little bit more. I'm gonna log in an extra thirty minutes. That's what people are worried about. So
1: yeah, no, I I agree. Uh sometimes uh actually um I share the main um email account with everybody. So when I send invoices, all my employees know the price of the invoice. Gotcha, yeah. And every time I send like a two thousand dollar invoice out, they're like, wait a second, you're only paying me eleven. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) But so yeah, have have, have they have
0: they said that? Have they like called you out? Like, dude.
1: Well, give me, my, uh, my philosophy is a little bit different than other people. I try to give people um, a livable wage. So I try to make sure, you know, you have enough money to live if you want to. And that's that's my goal. I think that um, it just helps with morale and it helps people actually work for a company. So You're also
0: taking all the risk. If anything, if shit, it's a fan, oh. it's all on you.
1: That's you true. Know,
0: like the business, if someone sues you, you end up, that dude's books are from India, and now some law firm comes after you, and they're like, look, you're the ones that prepped it, we're going to sue you, boom. Employees don't get sued. That's all on That's you. Very
1: true. That's it's very your true. job to
0: get the employees, your job to keep the employees, your job to run the show. So when things go well, you make the most money. But when when the drought comes, you're the one that suffers, they still make $11 an hour as long as you don't fire them.
1: That's very true. It's it's just like this coronavirus thing. I have a lot of employees asking me like, so what's going to happen? Are, are we shutting down? <laughs> like, is, you know- have you
0: noticed uh, like a decrease in customers, increase in customers? Maybe people don't want to prep the shit themselves. I don't want to touch the books. I'm going to send them to Frank.
1: <laughs> uh, so Everybody what? send their
0: stuff to Frank. <laughs>
1: I mean, I wish that was the case. <laughs> March has historically been the, uh, the lowest month for us. So that March and April, even though it's considered um, a buying season for sellers, um, it's been the lowest month in, in terms that we make the less. Uh, so coronavirus, I mean, we're still meeting the same metrics we did last year. Okay. So I haven't seen any change there. Uh, wait, I think wait,
0: say I'm, that again. You said, you said March, like this is the month. For online arbitrage, I assume you're, you're talking about where people buy. Sure.
1: Yeah, is that for mainly online.
0: textbooks? Say mainly that again. Have, do you mainly have textbook customers?
1: So currently we have about 70% of the business textbook, 30% um, merchant fulfillment, wholesale, and private label. So we're trying to do multiple different things. We're trying to increase merchant fulfillment a little bit. Fulfillment by OWL sounds nice, but we got to get the systems in place to actually. Okay. Do a 24-hour service on that.
0: How does that work, Merchant Fulfilled?
1: So Merchant Fulfillment basically they would treat it just like FBA, except we would handle it. Mm. So you would send our, you would send us your inventory. We would store it. Um, then we would have storage fees, and then once it's sold on Amazon, we would uh, package it and send it out within 24 hours.
0: What's the cost for that versus
1: FBA? So currently, we have that as um, two dollars per item plus box plus shipping cost.
0: Okay.
1: So um, I do give the option if they want a recycled box, then there'll be no uh, no box cost. Okay. Because do you, I have a do lot you of
0: charge box. FBA sellers for boxes. Uh, no,
1: okay. no, it's all included in the um, the per. Uh, I'm sure.
0: Excess of boxes. All oh the yeah,
1: time.
0: I did over there. Look at that. Well, those are new. Don't you have like a bunch of boxes you can reuse that people ship?
1: Oh, yeah. You? That's that's in the warehouse. We got about two tables worth. <laughs> it gets a little crazy. Nice.
0: How does, uh, how does the shipping scenario work? Like with the inbound and outbound and, and different carriers? How are you managing
1: all that? So uh, each carrier has a unique tracking number. Uh, for, um, for USPS, it's, uh, it usually starts with the nines, nines for UPS. It starts with the uh, one Z and then for FedEx, it has some crazy bullshit number. Uh, so basically what we do is we put everything in the warehouse. We then scan it into our system, uh, based on the tracking numbers.
0: Does FedEx or, ever sneak in like a one Z or like try to be like UPS for a second? Like,
1: uh, your system? not, not really. Okay. because we, we
0: bullshit numbers like they've caused problems or something.
1: They're just these long abstract numbers that no one understands. Gotcha. It's, it's re- really weird, but you know, FedEx is actually probably the best at um, delivering out of all the three carriers. Gotcha. But we just, we scan them in, we sort them, and then we ship them out. I mean, that's, that's really about it. We have a whole scanning system that we use. First, we... Um, scan them in as they come in, and then the receiver would then um, scan the uh, tracking number of the package into their uh, individual spreadsheets. Gotcha. So it's a pretty um, pretty labor-intensive system.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're actually integrating that into restrictiveinventory.com where we scan. like So the package arrives on the porch. I'm having my listeners scan it into a spreadsheet. And we did this with the Caleb Roth tracking spreadsheet too, Have you ever used that? I mean, I guess there's no reason for you to use that.
1: We uh, had a client that gave it to us once. um, Did you end up actually using it? No, no. We've never. uh, We were interested in the upload feature for Excel, Mm. but it never got as far as that.
0: Because what I want is, uh, what I'm worried about is when you scan the tracking number in, how do you know that? It's not missing like a Z or a nine or like a random character.
1: So when you like when scanners, make,
0: scanners make mistakes, like one in a hundred, like do, do they not make mistakes?
1: Um, our rate is very low. Are you
0: scanning them into Google Sheets? Yeah, we're scanning yeah, them directly. The formulas off is that how you're scanning them in?
1: There, uh, we have one master sheet that um, is formatted differently. Okay. That way there's no, uh, no interaction from uh, any Google sheet auto format stuff.
0: Okay.
1: That helps in the long run. And then I
0: remember when I was living in my car, I tried scanning a bunch of uh, books into a Google sheet and there was too much thinking going on in the background where it, uh, it just wouldn't let me scan it in. And I never thought about that until right now, but I'm having my team scan them in there. But what I want to integrate is when they scan it, it, it looks up the, cause we have their tracking number on file. It looks up. Okay. Carlo Rubio, one of our consignees, there's a match and then it'll color code it and it'll turn green. If it's good and it'll turn red. If it's not a match, because I know, uh, have you heard of my 10 X listing method?
1: Yeah, I've heard of it.
0: Okay. So it's pretty crazy. We got to the point where we were like shipping out, like we would scan in like hundreds of books. And then overnight my, we go to Airbnb and overnight my air, my, uh, my virtual assistant would go in and copy and paste all of them into Excel list. Uh, only reason why we're copying and pasting them in Excel list and not uploading them all to Amazon, like via Google Sheet like you do, is because some ISBNs have two ASINs, like yeah. two listings. So like we were just uh, combating that error. But then the next morning, and we'd give her the weights and everything, That that's what the method does. You guys can check that out. I'll, I'll include it in the link below somewhere. I always suck at that. I need to make sure I actually do that. I need to have someone watch all my videos and like everything I verbally commit to, make sure that the video actually includes that. So I need to make sure that that's – Sounds next like a life coach. Is
1: below. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. why you need a life coach. You need you to an 18-year-old life coach to be your life coach.
0: Do you have a life coach?
1: Hell no. <laughs> you, know, you, you think that all that's bullshit? Dude, I uh,
0: – Raken, he thinks life coaches are bullshit.
1: <laughs> well, you know, they're just not for me. Um, I I always knew exactly what I want to do, so I mean, a mentor is just gonna get in my way.
0: I feel like low key, like everybody in, in a way is my life coach because I always ask people for advice. But definitely, raken's definitely like a life coach for me, and I feel like I'm a life coach for him. I feel like whenever you verbally commit to anything, like Instagram is my life coach. <laughs> like I go on Instagram and <laughs> I say something, and then I'm like, oh shit. I just said that like next time I log in, I got to make sure I actually do whatever I said I was going to. Anyway, back to the next listing method. Um, So the virtual assistant would list all of them overnight. And then the next day she would actually like send us all the labels and we'd go to FedEx, print them all off and put them on the boxes and not even really move the boxes much. So if they were in our car, we would just put them. We'd have the boxes numbered, and we try to move them around as little as possible. Just be as lazy as possible, and put the labels on the boxes. Um, what was I getting at with that? I was trying to make, uh, I was trying to connect it to one of your experiences. Do you remember? I have no idea. <laughs> Went down a rabbit hole, and I forgot the whole point of the 10x. Maybe I was just plugging the 10x listening method. I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean,
1: it'd be a good method to do.
0: Yeah. So. We're, we're talking about systems, we're talking about scanning in, we're talking about the red and, and the green, and oh yeah, the, the number's up, me- messing yeah. up, messing um,
1: yeah. up. You don't experience that? Uh, no, no. Even if, okay. it, even if a number does mess up, there's actually two points where that um, uh, tracking number exists. so it's always going to be in two different places with us.
0: Gotcha, okay. Um, maybe it's because you're using wired scanners.
1: Uh, it, this is all wireless. Mm. So I got um, – every every employee has a wireless scanner at their desk. How much uh, are those? What? How much do those cost? I have no idea. <laughs> you don't have to buy them that much? Uh, no, I haven't had one break on me yet. Okay. We got them about two years ago, and um, they've been good ever since. Nice.
0: I I bought one. Is that a Nautomu? Is that the brand?
1: I don't. I don't see a brand on here. It's got a. Uh, it's okay. TT. T, yeah, TT. I, I don't know what that stands for. Okay, I,
0: I bought one for twenty bucks recently. On um, someone put someone posted it for sale. Bobby Flippin' Finn, in my Facebook group, and I, I was just like, "We need this just in case." Like, it looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> and paid twenty bucks for it. <laughs> I like took it out of his consignment payout. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Man, so
0: do you, do you think? Uh, from from all the from all the clients you have, like you have a lot of insight. You you see who's, you see people who you're like, why the hell are they using me? Like like I made more profit than them prepping their books than their batch made. Uh, like some of my batches, <laughs> and then you have uh, people that you're just like, holy shit! Like what am I doing? You know, wasting my time prepping their books for two dollars per book. You know, uh, what out of all these models you see, you, you're seeing a glimpse of wholesale. You're seeing yep. a little bit of private label. You're seeing yep. a lot of OA. You're seeing, probably seeing different types of OA. Does anything like stand out to you? Like I, I need um, to do this.
1: I mean, the only thing that stands out is new people uh, in my in my experience because um, you get those um, from our experience. We get those um, random new the complete newbies. They've never done a shipment before. They're like, oh man, I'm so excited. I'm gonna scale so hard. And then they buy their. Uh, they buy their first books, and then they're either restricted or it's, like, worthless. Like uh, Rich Dad, <laughs> Poor Dad kind of stuff. Whoever buys Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I, to, to flip, I have no idea. How does that work? What to you read? What? Do you judge them if they read it? No, not really. If they get any um, insight into any book, you know, that's that's good on them. But flipping it. <laughs> what's your uh, What are your favorite books to read? I you know I don't think I've sat down and read a book for at least three years. <laughs> really? Okay. It's it uh, as a. Struck me as a reader, I mean I read daily in the groups, but uh, other than that, yeah. you know, I think um, the Alchemist is good. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, have you read that?
0: Yes, multiple times.
1: Oh yeah, it's, I probably it's need tremendous. to read it
0: again. It's it's every time I read it, it it it's like a different like it. I interpret it so differently because I'm always thinking of something in my life. I'm always thinking of the journey, the challenges, and it's always 100% different.
1: Oh, yeah. I think that's uh, – It's one. Of, uh, if I had to read a book right now, I'd probably go back to that and reread that. If you had to read a book. <laughs> if I had to read a book.
0: <laughs> Man, you're going to put me out of business without reading books.
1: <laughs> I mean I'm not a boomer, so I mean <laughs>
0: – <laughs> Do you think uh, this coronavirus thing is going to like just completely fuck our
1: businesses up? Um, in the short term, no. It's going to be interesting. The long term, because um, with everything closing down now, uh, for instance, Ohio uh, just closed all um, all fitness centers, everything except um, you know our business and uh, supermarkets. Mm. Since a lot of people are out of work, um, they're either one going to look for sources online to try and make money. So that's good for you and I yeah or the government or um the US economy is just going to go into a recession which i'll get to know if my business is recession proof so it works yeah. for me <laughs> i think
0: i think you're pretty safe uh i've thought about oa a little bit more at least making youtube videos about it because people are going to want the alternative you know working from their home right and They probably won't won't want to touch the books, so they'll send them to you.
1: (laughs) I mean, uh, we'll we'll see what that happens. We'll see what it happens, but yeah, that'd be cool. (laughs) But then there's a theory that like nobody wants to go to college, so nobody will buy the books. Well, I mean, uh, online classes are still a thing, so I'm assuming people are just gonna get bored of quarantine and and enroll for classes. Because I mean, people are still gonna get loans. Uh, That's not gonna change.
0: They are. Uh, Side note. Uh, I just got a text, or not, a, not a text. Uh, somewhere I saw that they were giving my. I think my dad texted me. They're giving out like really uh, generous business loans. The government, the government is so everybody should should apply for that. Government's a that great happened. place to get loans from. I've heard. I mean, they they give student loans damn cheap. They they, yeah, there, there's no there's no interest on student loans right now. So if you have student loans, no interest. I'm this glad I have that had a experience though.
1: No yeah. student loans for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I have a few left, but I'm, I'm just like through the last debt I'm paying down because it's like the lowest interest. And now it's no interest. So it's perfect for
1: you then. So you're yeah. liking the situation a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was pretty
0: pumped. We got some questions coming in. Let's see. How long have you been prepping books? I missed the beginning of the stream. You said three years? Total I'm of three good. years. Okay. I'm a good listener. See that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And what was your answer again for what business model you would choose? What did you say?
1: If I had to choose, um, I would probably um, just do online books for a little bit. Uh, like yeah. Currently, like I'm doing now, I have um, I do sell books on occasion, but that's yeah. separate from Little Al. I can't yeah. really call myself a seven-figure seller yet. I'm like a, a five-figure. Nice. <laughs> nice. Do uh, you prep your own books or do you have your team prep them? you probably have your team prep them. So actually, um, I'm actually very paranoid about it. Um, I have them sent directly to my house, and I personally prep the books just because I don't want want contamination with Little Al. Like the the worst thing I would think of is like, oh, you're stealing my book. And I'm like, no, I don't really want to steal your shit book. I just – I want to prep your book. Okay. Gotcha. I'm trying to prevent that. So that's why that's in a completely different location.
0: Gotcha. Makes sense. Perception is everything. <laughs> How many books do you list an hour?
1: Um, I have an auto lister, so it doesn't – listing is not really a thing for me. An auto lister? Yeah, that's what we use a little while. We have a program that lists all of our books and batches.
0: That's the Google Sheet thing you were telling me about?
1: Yeah. So basically, a person just has to put in an entry in their Google Sheet for us and then we just click a button and then boom, it's all there. Wow. That's why I was telling you, I was like, that's probably a smart move. We have a better model coming out in a couple months. That's going to blow away the sheets. That's a secret project, but, um, uh, mm. that is, um, it's going to be a good model. It's going to be What great. If you
0: get inventory, that's not pre- it, like, are you talking about like pack lists? Like you have a pack list from someone? And that's what makes it auto-listing?
1: So um, basically, here's, here's the process. So uh, let's say um, you're just a personal client and you're sending in five books. Uh, so before you would send me those books, you would list the ISBN of the books, the title, and whatever information you want to encapture in the SKU since the spreadsheet will automatically generate a SKU for you.
0: Mm.
1: So if you want the cost embedded, if you want the seller of that book embedded, you can do that with us. Gotcha. After we receive the book, um, the spreadsheet calculates how many books you have at the ready. And this is the auto ship feature. So basically, if if you send us five books and you have your auto ship set to five, that then alerts one of my shippers saying, hey, Romer wants a shipment of five books. We then click a button. We upload all the listings to um, your seller central, and then um, we create that shipping plan and then send the books out.
0: How often do people just ship like five books?
1: They're really new sellers, and uh, I yeah. tell them, "Hey, you know, you're gonna you're gonna want to ship to closer to like forty five, forty six pounds." Yeah, but um, at the end of the day,
0: some, some, sometimes five textbooks gets up there.
1: It gets times. up there, but some
0: textbooks are like eight pounds.
1: Some of them are, but they still pay shipping costs out the ass for five books. Yeah. It's it's not a good model. Don't don't ship five books at a time.
0: <laughs> How much are people saving? Because we started saving when we used uh, LTLS with you. How much does the average client and you know people watching? A lot of them are thinking about uh, transitioning to LTLS. What's generally the savings on that?
1: So um, if you're looking at a um, a box. So let's say uh, usually an estimated amount of 15 books are in a box, depending on weight. You know, I can't really track every weight. Uh, That's usually about maybe $10 to $12 shipping cost for just a full box. If you go to an LTL, that cost is about either $0.23 to $0.35 per item. So now instead of like uh, $0.50 a book, you're now decreasing by $0.20. Which yeah, is really good. It's phenomenal. It's a lot better if you also do um, CDs and DVDs on top of that, as we discovered with your last LTL. What do you mean? You're uh, not this shipment, but the last shipment uh, LTL you did. You pro- You probably got about eighteen cents per item. Oh. Okay. Shipping cost, which is really low.
0: So the mixture, uh, I guess, it didn't actually. Real, it, it was just like the media brought it down. Like obviously, like a whole pallet of media would be the cheapest. It would be like seven cents an item or something,
1: something like that.
0: Yeah, but it
1: takes a while to get to that weight. Usually, yeah. around two hundred to two hundred fifty books makes an LTL. Um, Do you have
0: clients that you ship like pallets of media for?
1: Uh, media, not so much. Books all the time, and then of course any wholesale and private label. They always request an LTL.
0: How are the wholesale guys doing? Like when you prep their stuff, you're like, oh shit! Like these book guys are stupid.
1: <laughs> Actually, um, I don't, I don't really think they care. Some people, um, some of the clients that I had were booksellers and then transferred to wholesale. So, um, I, I think they just have, they're just trying it out, or they like. But wholesale. profit
0: margin wise, like, how? Because you get to see all the profit, right?
1: Right. Um, I think wholesale does a little bit better. Just because of quantity, mm. um, you got to have uh, for book. It's any inventory you got to have quantity to back it up. That's why people encourage you to continue, uh, you know, feeding the beast every week. Send some books in or send some items in. You
0: think uh, most of your OA guys are just buying stuff from Amazon and flipping it, or are they
1: buying from all different sources? Um, eBay. They're, they're probably eBay. buying it all different sources. Um, we have a guy now that's buying from, um, store, uh, supermarket stores online and sending it to us. And, um, that's, that's interesting. And, um, like Walmart, like Walmart target. Yeah. Um, sometimes CVS was a, uh, a recent one. Is listed as new, obviously, right for that. Everything is listed as new, unless they tell us otherwise. Um, we have one client that brings in, um, retail arbitrage, um, just dropping it off. And uh, he says, you know, this is from my kids. We're trying to get rid of it. And then this is all the new items. And so we uh, we divvied up from there. Gotcha. They, they're profitable, I'm assuming, because they're coming back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who's your most complicated
1: client? Is it me? Um, you were definitely up there. Mainly <laughs> because that Excel list crap. Yeah. Uh, Am I the only one that uses Excel list? Out of my clients, yes. Uh, everyone else is um, either inventory lab or just allows us to list, or is a non-lister, meaning they list themselves. But Excel list, uh, Excel list I will say, is very fast. Uh, the only gripe I have about them is their box content stuff. I don't like
0: it. Are, are you using FBAboxcontent.com?
1: I am. You don't like that? I think it's terrible products. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it doesn't work half the time in an fury, infuri- like if we called um, like 30 minutes after I did your shipment, I would be fuming. I'd be red in the face because it's- there's certain but- things you like software and you know, I just, I just don't like it. Gotcha. Okay.
0: Um, that we, we try, we actually avoid doing box contents when I have my listers pack for me because we close a shipment out at one box. And, and right. because we close it out at one box, there's no need to do box contents, but we're losing money on the LTL side.
1: Very true. Yeah. Very true. But you know, it's, uh, it's whatever you want to do at that point, since you own the business, you, you know, you get to decide all that.
0: Right. We thought about doing something crazy. Cause like they, I have, I have six listers, two lesbian couples out of that six, out of those six listers, That's pretty <laughs> creepy. Um, so how many houses is that? We have, we have four houses that we're dealing with. And we thought about having one of the, one of the lesbians. Hopefully she doesn't watch this. She's kind of buff. She's jacked. She, (laughs) uh, I was like, Monty, you're going to be going and you're going to be picking up all the boxes from everybody. And we're going to be building pallets in your garage. But then I was like, logistically, we're all going to be working in the same batch at the same time for different houses. I was just like, No, let's keep doing what we're doing. We'll let Frank handle the LTLs for now. Uh,
1: That's probably a smart move because the more people you add to a project, the more um, errors can occur.
0: Yeah. I I am thinking, though, like the next person I hire, I'm going to require that they have a garage that they're willing to ship and build pallets out of.
1: I think uh I think that'd be a good thing. You might have to charge them a little bit more if they know your pricing, but um other than that, I think that'd be uh, fair. Charge who a little bit more? The guy who's building your LTLs, if he know if he knows anything about it. You would have to supply him with a pallet as well.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about how, how would that work? Could I can you ship pallets? I
1: mean- you could you can ship pallets. I mean it would just be an added cost to you because I don't yeah. think the lister would absorb the cost. And uh, it would How be a little. How do you
0: think it would cost to ship like ten pallets to a house?
1: I am not sure. I've never shipped uh, ten random pallets to a house. <laughs> do you buy pallets? No, I actually get them for free.
0: Yeah, I imagine.
1: But um, yeah, no, I get them for free because the wholesale people, if they, uh, if we can condense everything into one pallet, they prefer that. So any. Um, you know, excess pallets we get to keep and use. Gotcha. And then we have another source that allows us to use their pallets when we get empty. Gotcha. Nice. So, all in all, not bad. What's
0: What's the worst experience you've had in business so far? Like, just like, almost made you want to blow your brains out.
1: Ah. Uh, you know, it probably was... Um, I think my second textbook season. Mm. Second? Yeah. It was in January, right? Yeah, yeah, it was in January. Are
0: January's or August worse, generally?
1: For, for Honestly, January's are way worse for us. Worse in, worse in terms of like being
0: better because more volume?
1: Yeah, a lot more volume. But uh, I think uh, this, the first – I think it was the first year I was actually doing a textbook season all alone with um, Andrew being a part-timer. Because he had a full-time job, and we were transitioning gotcha. into Little Al. And uh, my God, I was staying at the office uh, overnight, multiple days, only leaving to take a shower and then come back and start prepping books. And that's when we had no software at all to do any of this. So I was manually listing each book at that. On time. Seller Central? On Seller Central. It was true. And that was, that was probably my worst experience. Because what were
0: you charging per book back then?
1: The same we're charging now. We never had to increase or decrease our price. We were
0: price. profits 50-50 with Andrew.
1: Pretty much. Pretty so much. So every book you're like, fuck Andrew. <laughs> exactly. I, sometimes I think about stabbing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know that is. I was in a, a 50-50 business uh, landscaping with yeah. one of my best friends. And there was times where I would go on vacation and I know he was just like, fuck Avery. I'm, I'm out here sweating my balls off and then vice versa. Like he would go spend time with his you know family, like, which, which is, you know, that's noble. He's working, he's walking. He, he worked full-time. And I was like full-time, like hustler. I would be doing books on the side and then cutting grass when I could, but like I would be cussing him out whenever I was cutting a yard. I was like, fuck you, Keith. Like, <laughs> I know how it is. Like I, I really respect people who can stay in business long-term, uh, 50, 50.
1: Well, you know, he covers he covers my weaknesses, and that's gotcha. something that's something you want, and uh, that's that's the only reason why I go into business with someone is if he has something to offer that I can't. Gotcha. Like his background is actually logistics, actually exactly. warehousing and all that. So as we continue to transition to um, bigger and better warehouses where we have to have forklifts and all that, he's already a black belt in Six Sigma and all that. He knows how to mm-hmm. run operations like that. What would you say
0: your strengths are?
1: Uh, my strengths would have to be my personality, my good charm and my hair. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm actually more of a um, an outward thinker. Like, you know, people would need this. People will need that. People would like this. And that's kind of where I'm at. Gotcha. But I'm kind of the driving force between different um, services. Okay. And uh, pretty much marketing all of it as well. Like Is if-
0: this... Uh, Secret thing you keep talking about Is Andrew involved with that Or is that separate He is,
1: he is involved uh, It's a little out product And um, it will um, It will go to the clients first And then we plan on opening up to other people
0: Gotcha smart. But
1: it, it's more of an all inclusive kind of thing Okay Honestly you'd probably like it If I showed you it You'd be like damn this is sexy Cool cool Is it listening yeah. software Kind of, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. It's not only that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's see here. Do you know Eat Sleep Amazon? Do what? Do you know Eat Sleep Amazon? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, wait, no. This is Money for Mars talking to Eat Sleep Amazon. It's cool. I can mess around with the. I can display comments. Look at this. Raking profit,
1: baby. Says, oh up? man, what's up, Raking? I love his content. He's a man. I'm plugging in my Mac real quick. Give me a second. All right, cool. Forgot it was. Um, it's like eight <laughs> percent.
0: <laughs> what? Um, what efficiency tips would you have? How do I get the comments off the screen now?
1: How about Scanlister? Yeah, I've used Scanlister
0: before. Um, Let's see if I can hide it. Okay, there we go. Uh, What efficiency tips do you have for the average person as far as listing books goes?
1: So um, for listing books, I would always recommend, um, if you can, get a listing software because that's going to only increase um, your listing effectiveness. If you're manually entering them, into Seller Central, you're wasting time. Uh, the biggest thing that uh, normal sellers don't realize is their labor cost. So, um, how long does it take you to do X amount of stuff? How long does it take you to do Y amount of stuff? All into one. And people, gotcha. it's, it's that phantom figure that no one actually inputs into each book because yeah. it does take a percentage of each book, they just don't know it. Gotcha. And, um, I have every time I have um, clients say, "Hey, um, I remove all the stickers off my books." Do you guys do that? I think they're crazy because that's no one. No one cares about stickers. But
0: well, no. you have client. You have clients that request that.
1: Yeah, and I, I say no. Oh, you say no. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want that labor cost. That's crazy. Oh, okay. We, yeah. yeah. We yeah, actually. I, it. I did it for the first like.
0: What, what, how much extra did you charge for stickers, or did you not charge extra? It's kind I, of it, that would be hard to track too because it'd be like, oh, five books had stickers, twenty
1: didn't. At the beginning of Little L, I did try it because I like to experiment with stuff. It's like the uh, like the Gaylords I got in. I like to experiment, and uh, we charged them fifty cents to remove all the stickers, and then I quickly realized that it was just not working out. That's
0: <laughs> I, that that's a part of the 10X method. I talk about that. I, I've left Goodwill stickers on books before and I've gotten complaints on Amazon. People have been like, what the fuck? This book was $299 at Goodwill and I paid $299 on Amazon. I'm like, you didn't go to Goodwill and find it. <laughs> I found it at Goodwill. It's the market value is $299. Goodwill just didn't know that. Um, but Amazon terms of service says the customer can't, leave a bad review based on the price. So you always get that negative feedback removed.
1: Right. Which is always, which is always good. Yeah. Most of the time
0: it, it auto gets, it gets auto removed. You don't even have to try and remove it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I've had any bad review. I know I have one bad review on my seller account and that's because mm-hmm. he's like, I'm a collector. This is not used very good. And I was <laughs> like, okay.
0: <laughs> Are you just going to keep that aside? Hustle the Amazon account?
1: Yeah, I plan on it. I mean, um, for me personally, it's not my bread and butter. I basically do it when I have time. Um, okay. In terms of actual business, I think Little Al is more important because it builds, it's building infrastructure rather than just yes. a side hustle. Yes. Infrastructure is something um, that will last 20, 50 years down the road. Right. And uh, the logistics part can be transitioned to anything.
0: Yeah. What, what adjacent businesses do you see with a prep center? Which How many different ways could you go?
1: Well, the normal uh, – if if my account was actually ungated from a lot of stuff, we could consider co-assignment, but I don't really – that's a lot of messy stuff. I see what you have to deal with, and I'm like, no, I'm not down for that kind of crap. <laughs> yeah. It's assignment. funny
0: because I think of the same thing. I'm like, I could uh, serve a prep center. I'm damn near a prep center. I might as well open up a prep center. Like, I've it's an it's an adjacent business. It complements. It would complement a consignment business very well.
1: It would. It would. But you would have to. You I mean, I guess it would work a little bit for you. Probably, it actually probably work a little bit more for you since you have the uh, resources. You yeah, would just like, have to. Uh, if
0: I wanted to increase cash flow in. Obviously I'm still using you because we we still get overloaded from time to time. So I'm not there okay. yet. I wouldn't want to just take a bunch of people's shit and have a, I, I feel like maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like uh, prep center clients would be a little more picky because the books are listed on their account. They can see it was listed as good, like new.
1: They would be a lot more picky. You would have to hire a lot more, um, Email assistance. Gotcha. Uh, How many they, email
0: assistants do you have? Are they all in America?
1: <laughs> every 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 uh, employee I have is in America, okay. and um, I only have one employee that sometimes handles emails. But most of the time, I take care of my own emails. Still. Gotcha. I like I like that part of the it's
0: business. Funny that day, I sent you that I I copy and pasted one of my clients' emails, and I sent I, it I, I sent it to Frank. I was like. I was like, yeah, I, I was just like, I just literally copy and pasted it. I don't like, see what he says. And like, I thought you knew I copy and pasted it. And Girl. the client was being very rude to me. And so Frank thought I was like being rude to him. And I, I think you like texted me or you replied really quick. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. That's actually Great. when we talked to each other for the first time, I think.
1: Yeah. That's it. right after that, uh, <laughs> yeah. I got a phone call from you. I was like, all right, let's see what this is. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, for some reason, I can't have melodramatic people and rude people. Can't handle. I actually transition clients out of my prep service, Mm. and they are like that.
0: Interesting. You're not worried about them shitting on you in the Facebook groups.
1: Um, I have read most of the time. Most of the time, they usually did something wrong, or they perceive that we did something wrong. Most mainly newer clients, and then we would have to just bring that evidence up. Gotcha. Well, we did this, this, and this, and our result was this. And sometimes we fuck up, and uh, I just have to own it. Like, no, this, uh, this client is completely right. We actually did screw up all this. I prefer to be open and honest with everything I do. Gotcha.
0: Uh, I think it helps. When did you hire your first employee, and was it was that hard for you? Was it like, oh shit, like? Now I'm not doing this myself. Someone else is going to have to prep for me. Was it difficult you like telling someone else to do something?
1: So we tried, to with. we tried a contract employee for the first time the first year in December when we were getting overloaded. It actually wasn't that hard of a decision for me because I was like, I'm getting overrun. There's no way I can keep up pace. So I needed to do it.
0: Did Andrew um, help out with that a lot?
1: Yeah. Andrew helped out a lot, but I, of course he was still doing a full-time job and doing this part-time. So yeah, I'd be, mean, yeah. he could only help um, so much because me and him were getting about the same. I'm amount.
0: saying help with like the hiring process. Did he?
1: Oh yeah. He interviews them first. Um, gotcha. And then I interview him second when they pass his um, criteria. And then I can, you know, say whatever the hell I want to them and if they're all right with it, then it's awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the craziest question you've asked in an interview?
1: Well, I asked someone if they wanted to play Super Smash Brothers with me. <laughs> I have my Switch at my desk, and I'm like, "Hey, you just want to you want to play a game?" So one of them actually did, and uh, I still ended up beating him, but I still hired him. <laughs> nice. Well, but they Smash- gotta they gotta have that personality. If they don't have that personality, I don't want them.
0: Gotcha. gotcha. Cause you're going to be spending a lot of time with them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Gotcha. Some of my employees I've never talked to.
1: I mean, that's, that's still cool though. <laughs>
0: yeah, like I text them semi-frequently, but I'm big on systems, man, like standard operating procedures. And I've realized, I'm sure you've, we have probably jumped over this hurdle, but starting out, you have your employees that you kind of like teach how to do things and you Kind of change how you do things with them and then when you hire a new person you're like it's like having like a second kid it's yeah like the, it's like the new kid you're like all right now like we're not gonna do <laughs> i screwed up the first time like no you're not gonna be peeling the stickers off anymore Like, stop peeling the stickers off now we're just gonna be doing this and like every time i hire a new person i give them the new sop and it's just like so much less maintenance with them um, oh yeah have you have you gone through the same experience
1: we have, uh, with a lot of changes, um, because it, at the beginning we weren't even tracking, uh, we, we weren't even doing tracking numbers the first year, which we, we learned out the hard way because we were starting to, we were paying for books that we received because anytime that we lose something, we make sure to reimburse the clients since it was our fault. And, um, every time we do a new, um, system i have to continually retrain employees
0: i'm going to cut that clip of you just saying that i'm going to post it on instagram and be like just send your stuff to little al who reimburses you for it <laughs> <He's lost. laughs>
1: well see now i have an awesome tracking system where it's almost it's almost hard to lose stuff
0: isn't it so crazy I'm- like when you get a system in place finally you look back and you're like like those those nights that one textbook season where you're just staying up so late you didn't have the employees your systems probably weren't perfect like Looking back,
1: at really
0: yourself, pretty yeah, pretty yeah. Pretty shit. but it, it, its its crazy. Once you get something in place, you don't have to think about it anymore. Like once you actually like you articulate yourself well, whether it's on, in a, you know, do you use SOPs?
1: Not, not particularly. I have. Um, what,
0: what, what'll what happen if everybody's tomorrow and you have to rehire on job training with you? Would you be the person? Okay,
1: pretty much. Uh, I mean, me. Andrew will still be here since he's now full-time in the company. But um, okay. we'll just continue to retrain. It's actually not that hard because um, we had divided it into two roles, receiver and shipper. So for the receivers, they just know, need to know how to grade a book and input data, so mm, data entry. Simple. For shippers, it's a little bit more difficult. Strippers? Because strippers, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> no. you, you hiring? <laughs> <laughs> For shippers, they're the ones that ship the books. Um, They're the final uh, check before the book leaves. Okay. So basically they'll recheck the book, double check it's not a teacher's edition or something crazy that a receiver missed, and then um, ship the book.
0: Gotcha. So you probably have somewhere in your brain an SOP mapped out that you verbalize to them, but it's more
1: of like – hands on probably Andrew's more of the um, let's let's get this all on paper and let's distribute this to employees I'm the kind of guy that's so he,
0: back- he actually had does he have SOPs for the business
1: I think he has like one or two okay. uh, but I think they're mainly just onboarding things for new employees I don't think we have right instructions. that's the
0: thing about SOPs I think they're great for the beginning but it's it's a little bit difficult I'm getting better at this, but like I'm I'm making my SOPs now where there's like step one, step two, step three, step 40, step 45. Uh, Before I would try and pimp them out, have like, you know, color coded, like have paragraphs and like lots of pictures. But now it's just like very linear. Um, So if we add step, if we add like another step in between 42 and 43, I can highlight it and I can notify everyone via email thing right. is, I can't, I don't, I I can assign it to everyone and they can check that they saw it, but sometimes like they won't check that they saw it, and it's just like it's it gets kind of messy after a while. There's software. Is have you heard of Trainul?
1: I have never heard of Trainul.
0: Trainul is like it's basically what I was just saying. It like a really pimped out Google document, and after like it says 100% complete if if uh, employee's gone through it 100%. And then if you add something new, it says like 98%. So they have to go back and check it and they're back at a hundred. So it's helpful in that sense. But I think you, you have to be careful with SOPs because you can kind of look like a douche. If you just like, go follow the SOP. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) you know, you, you gotta, the, the book I just read, it's called work the system. Yeah. And it's, it's about getting your employees to have a system based mindset and getting them to update the SOPs themselves. So mm-hmm. if if they have a good idea, like a lot of my employees have better ideas than me, I'm like, add that to the SOP and then go in there and they can add it, you know. So I
1: think I think that's a, a pretty good mindset allowing your employees to participate. In, yeah. In the program. People like participating. Oh yeah, I've gotten so many good ideas from employees that I implemented. <laughs> I love to steal ideas. <laughs> yeah, because
0: after a while like they're really like the box content thing. When the box content fba boxcontent.com when that when that came out, that was when I stopped listing books. And I made an SOP for it, handed it to my team, it worked perfectly. Like it was one of the first SOPs I've ever written, it worked perfectly. I never heard any issues about it, never heard any issues about it. And then, uh, you know, a couple months down the road, like someone says something like, Oh yeah, I hate how, you know, sometimes the catch gets cleared or like something happens where like the TSV file like disappears and like everyone's yeah. like, Oh yeah, I hate that. And I'm like, I didn't know about this, <laughs> you know? So it's, it's, it's good to ask your, your team for feedback. Cause you're, once you step out of the uh, trenches, so many things change with Amazon and these softwares that you you have to adapt. So if you're if you're not encouraging feedback from them, like five years down the road, your business is just going to be like so out of date.
1: Oh no, one hundred percent. I've seen some of your SOPs. Um, actually, you said you sent me a couple. They're and getting better. They they are getting better every time they changed. Because I have one employee that actually handles um, <laughs> she <laughs> handles stuff. and she always she's like. This motherfucker changed <laughs> <it> again.
0: <laughs> I need to put her on the list of people that I'm adding, Right. so she can accept it. What's her name? Yeah. I'm gonna start start emailing her.
1: <laughs> her name's Eliza.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Eliza. Okay. Um, it, it's a yeah. <laughs> yeah, those because the SOPs because I, I the SOPs are really focused on is the ones that I'm gonna include in my course because I want to make sure that they're perfect for for people that take my course and it's, I want to keep it generic enough. So it's evergreen. So people, right. how to list on XLR list and hopefully probably not, but hope, I mean, I'm going to update it, but hopefully five years down the road it's still close enough uh, with restrictedinventory.com, We get like, I'm not like being a perfectionist with the SOPs right now, because I just know that we're just like, we're only a year in business and we're still trying to figure things out. So right. like, what happens when someone sends us an item that is water damaged? What happens when someone sends us an item with no profit? You know, I'm still, I'm actually working on the SOP right now. Like I'm still, I still have to make decisions. Like what are we going to trash them, burn them? Uh, what are we going to do? Like sell them on eBay. Right, now you get the Merchant Fulfilled program. So I making mean, making me think maybe list a Merchant Fulfilled.
1: You're definitely in this. Um, it's a new, it's a new idea. I mean, it's. I guess because Simon's really not a new idea, but new for the platform because there's only like um, three of you that I know that are actually doing it, and two of them came after you.
0: <laughs> so you were who came, re- wait, who did anyone come before me?
1: Uh, not that I'm aware of. I'm pretty sure uh, I was the first one
0: that offered like a. Restri- I framed it as a restricted inventory service.
1: I think you were the first one that I know of um there have been others after you Uh, i can know i know two or three you
0: can say their names it's cool (laughs) (laughs) why would you want
1: to give them any business
0: (laughs) hey restricted inventory.com is the best you type in how you type in restricted inventory my website comes up (laughs)
1: that's that's good we won that search engine optimization (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think uh i think you'll get it down i think um it's all software at this point if you find the right software Um, I think you could scale real, real far.
0: Yeah. That's,
1: that's my opinion looking at your business. I mean, unless you wanted to go straight full on um, uh, consignment with prep center and then scale that way. I mean, that would be a hive. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool to see.
0: Yeah.
1: But that'd be a lot uh, of work.
0: I actually like, I learned from uh, one guy, I don't even know his name. He's a Zen arbitrage guy. But I saw him. I saw his website, and I was like, "This guy's pretty smart. He's, he's partnering with all the prep centers. He's charging the clients up front, which is actually really smart because uh, he doesn't go cash flow negative." And I was like, "I can learn from this guy." But being in with the prep centers, it, it's if you're a consignment business, anytime you guys have, and especially when I get my affiliate program going, anytime you guys have restricted inventory or whatever consigned inventory, and you it, you, you know of me now, I'm instantly on your mind. And, and as long as we keep a good reputation with each other, you're going to be like, yeah, he's your guy. So
1: He he does it interesting. I think uh, he it's interesting how he – because I think he's only um, in the Zen um, group right now. That's where he's more heavily focused. But um, he's not bad. He's another Frank, so uh, we get along sometimes. Gotcha. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the transfer thing. Um, like we were discussing in email, uh, a client transfers a book to restricted inventory. That's actually really easy and uh, it helps the client a lot because there's no shipping cost. There's right. no cost at all. Yeah. I mean, if it's a teacher's edition, then I just transfer it right back and say, no, nah, Avery doesn't want this crap. You can keep that.
0: Hey, we'll, we'll sell teacher's editions.
1: Damaged teacher's editions. editions, bro? Would you sell a damaged teacher edition?
0: Not damaged, no. <laughs> but we'll, we'll sell, we'll sell, te- like, if, if it has a teacher edition as a listing. Uh, right. If it, if it says it in the title, we'll sell it. Um, Global editions, too. There's just one guy, since it's tons of global editions.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a little weird, but I mean, as long as they check out, as long as they're not counterfeit, because the global editions have a higher percentage of counterfeit. Do they? they in my sound,
0: sound counterfeit.
1: In global my opinion.
0: makes it sound like it came from somewhere else in the world. What does it even but mean, my, global uh,
1: editions? It's an Indian edition. It's basically an <laughs> See, Indian that's edition. That's why it
0: sounds so counterfeit. It's from India, that's where all the counterfeits come from the law firm's going to watch this and cut this portion and <laughs> the cars are you, both of us
1: <laughs> so restricted inventory you're selling Indian <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's crazy though although a lot of my clients um enjoy your service um even before uh we've stopped uh we didn't talk um
0: great yeah know- we're, we're, we're getting better and better and you know we listen to our clients and we get good feedback. We get a lot of good feedback from the angry people. You know, that's, we've learned a lot at a certain point. You don't feel that you'd be making the same money, uh, same amount of money with less clients and less employees. Uh, so I guess they're asking what's the scalability of this.
1: Model. It's actually rather high. Um, because, uh, with, with FBA prep, you can go into everything. Um, so, I mean, this, the sky's the limit. It's really just about um, what kind of systems you have in place to scale. Uh, there's some prep services that don't have any systems, and then they fall flat at a certain point just because they have crap stuff. But every time, uh, you know, this person has a point, every time I hire someone or have less clients, I do make less. But, you know, money's, money isn't really the issue for me like um the cash flow is consistent with the business yeah but um
0: that's what's really attractive about it is the cash flow that's why i've actually thought about like if i ever got to the point where we had like a dry season and we're not prepping a whole bunch of books uh i've thought about maybe opening up the doors for just being a prep company for a while and just see how it goes because we we could do it uh it like right now i wouldn't want to open that can of worms but uh let's say, because right now I have seven, I, I have seven, or I can't, I don't even know, seven or eight listers, but there's only one full-timer ah. and she's, it's nice having a full-timer because she's consistent. I know she's going to prep X amount of books per week where the others, they might like, it's like, it's convenient for them to work for me because I'm not, Super like you have to do this each week, and again goes goes back to like the new people I hire. I I tell them they have to put at least ten hours in, like at least ten. I have to know. So like the people I didn't tell that to, they'll go like three weeks without working, and then they'll come back and go three weeks full time. And I'm like, whoa! Like I don't know how much inventory to even send you. So my uh, game plan long term is to hire uh, multiple full timers uh, all over the country uh maybe still think, i'm thinking out loud right now because i have the ones in nashville it's nice having them all in one neighborhood so if one ever receives too much inventory the others can go to their house and put out that fire whereas if one person in florida which we have right now if she gets overloaded which happened in october then right. nobody can come and help her like what am i going to do fly down to florida and just help her and list books that's um, all unfortunate
1: and besides um if you do do the prep center it's more of a time constraint as well uh, because right
0: that, and that's we're, we're actually dealing with that as well like we're not much different because w- we actually we damn near have software with this google sheets but now we have it to where when we list the items uh, a google sheet has all the Excel list data in it and yeah. it pulls how much you know of uh, again, Carlo Rubio is the first name that comes to my mind. <laughs> yeah. How many of his books were listed today? Uh, okay. 14 were listed today. And then it's, at, we have like the separate Google sheet that says, do you want to send emails to 10 people? And it, it breaks down, Hey, Frank, we listed 22 of your items today. And so you get notified. So that's like the new thing we implemented. Who knows how long it's going to last, you know, as we scale, like Google sheets might explode on us. Uh, <laughs> I'm talking like multiple developers right now, um, trying to re- really, because that's that's going to be the game plan long term. Is we have to have like a full circle of software from the moment they fill out the form to the very end when we pay them and everything in between with reports. We have to have software that includes all that. Right now, we're making it work with Google Sheets, and it's doing its job. But I just they have limits on like how many cells you can have. Things
1: like that aren't good. Yeah, but I'm not aware of how many. Is it's there like a 500,000,
0: 500, I think.
1: Oh, okay. I've never went that high. I've never went that yeah, high. I
0: don't know. <laughs>
1: cause, yeah, it's. I yeah. think uh, ex, uh, Google Sheets um, has its limitations, and that's kind of why we're moving away from it, because there's there's to a point where it just stops being effective. And, um, Yeah. We, I think we hit that point about a couple months ago and we were like yeah you know this is this is not great we could be doing a lot more
0: so when you develop you develop the software right correct you helped. Yeah. were you were you the guy that was uh, coding it
1: or so I'm uh, I'm one of the people that do that um, it depends I do have some other help uh, in doing this just in case I do get busy but um, primarily if I can help it I most of the time do it. It's, it has been an off and on project for a while now, and then we in January, we started to get really serious about it. Gotcha. So hopefully' it's, hopefully the beta test happened next month. that's That's my goal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how, how is it? Like, if I was to try and learn software today, I don't know much, how long would it take me? to be competent in coding
1: at first you would have to stick with a coding language um and you'd have to learn that coding language what's Or the
0: most universal like what, what would be the one like what's the
1: english of the <laughs> world? um you know there everyone asks that like what's the best code to learn 2020 uh there's really not anything because every language has its different uses honestly like, like you don't want to learn
0: fucking portuguese like if, if you're, like, an alien, like, I wouldn't tell an alien, like, learn Portuguese, like, I would tell them we're in English. So you go anywhere, you can go to different countries, like, there's not something like that in software where it's, like, you, you can transfer it to the book selling Amazon world, then you can go to, like.
1: Well, you can, um, every pro, the logic of programming language are, is universal. So if you learn the logic between, behind it. That's that's easy and can be applied to any language. Gotcha. It's all the syntax. It's the, gotcha. uh, the spelling and okay. grammar crap. Right. But if you wanted to learn something, I would recommend JavaScript or uh, Python. Okay. Because that has it's not um it's not sin, it's not um it's not big on syntax, so it doesn't have a lot of rules regarding that, and it, it would help you out along the way. Gotcha. But it sucks. It sucks.
0: <laughs> am I blurry right now? Why am I
1: blurry? You're a little blurry. Is it working? There, there it is. <laughs> there cool, cool. I'm surprised my camera is about this long. It's only like a MacBook, so I'm getting some decent quality on my end. Yeah, you look good, man.. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: I appreciate you coming on, brother. You got uh, you, where can we follow you at? You got Frank? Um, or no, you got little Owl prep on Instagram. I chair. got
1: little Al prep, and I started a, I started a new uh, Instagram for myself because oh. I'm going to start doing Shit. other things. I'm at uh, the one true Frank. I don't the have any content on it.
0: Let's see the one, the uh, spelled out one.
1: Yeah, the,
0: the one, one true one, Frank. The one true. Oh man, you put underscores in your name, bro. I did. Is that bad? Uh, I I I don't think it looks good. I I like to have like a clean. There's a one true Frankie. You should see if the one true Frank without underscores is available.
1: That's I'll my opinion.
0: It. I think it looks cleaner. I don't know of anyone except for Amazon Lit. That's the only person yeah. I really know of that has an underscore. That's like semi big. Um, I'll,
1: I'll, I'll, I'll try it. With the
0: Imagine like Gary underscore V or like Donald <laughs> Yeah, Trump that'd be crazy. Underscore <laughs> real or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, I'm just testing this out because there's another project I'm working on um called seller support. And I don't have an avenue for a little al in there.
0: But Side note, uh, do you have the balls to show your Discover page? Discover on, page. Do you know what that your Discover page is like it shows your true colors. Whatever your discover page has. This is a, the algorithm knows what entices you the most. Uh-oh. Hey, look,
1: look, it's Caleb Roth. <laughs> oh, gosh.
0: <laughs> Are you serious? I'm serious. Dude, you're Caleb. He's obsessed with
1: you, man. I mean, it, I do. Follow, I do follow the book flipper. I mean, who, who doesn't follow the book flipper? He's
0: coming up. What, what else is on your discovery page? If you, if you scroll down.
1: If I scroll down, maybe where, I'll where, find... Which, which, which account record. is this on?
0: Is this your active account that you use frequently, or is it your...
1: Yeah, look, you got some... Uh, where are you? Where are you? You got some Gary V right there. Okay.
0: Inspiration
1: uh, stuff, dude.
0: I'm a pervert, you, but... bro. Look at this. Oh, where are we at? This guy got booty. We got some <laughs> fish. Look, look. Look at this. Instagram knows. We got wrestling. And then we got, like, bachata... Salsa dancing.
1: I was about to say you're into lat. You're into Latin stuff, so I mean, of course, they're going to show you Latin women. They're beautiful. Right. But
0: uh, yeah, Instagram knows, man. They want to keep you on the app, so they they show you whatever you're into. The, the Discover page doesn't lie. I think the Discover page, like, if you, like out of everything you can look at on someone's phone, go to their Discover page. You learn a lot about them. Oh, it just came up on mine too. that's on my that's on my main feed that's not on my discover
1: page oh he's a he's a good guy yeah elliot is so cute oh is that what the kid's name is yeah
0: oh well heck yeah yeah he's gonna be the biggest
1: amazon seller ever that would be interesting (laughs) have you thought about making a facebook group I do have a Facebook group, but only for or, um, clients, Okay, but that is actually going to change soon with the, uh, with the other project. I'm going to open it a little bit more. Gotcha.
0: Why, why wouldn't you want it completely open, or is it just that you want a Facebook group that can serve your clients?
1: Uh, at the time, it was more of a, just a, an outlet for clients if they needed something or if they wanted to interact. Um, the beginning of the Facebook group was to transfer books. Uh, before uh, you came into the mix or any other consignment deals um, they were actually transferring books between themselves mm. so if they were restricted they'd be like hey i'll get I'll um sell you this book for like 60 bucks if you want to buy it and then there was haggling nice
0: i like that that's awesome
1: and yeah. I, I thought it was great I thought it was great
0: yeah there's uh, if you're a consignment central Travis is trying to push it's basically like that. It's like a website where you can choose who you can sign with, and then you can provide a pack list. You can send it to the person, they have to scan it in the software, and it says, Hey, yes, we received it. So, um, that'll be pretty big. That's
1: not bad. That's not bad. I wonder, I wonder the audience of that. The audience. Oh no! Wait. I guess clients of consignment. Yeah, you're right. Never mind. Because I was only thinking. Well, there's only like three people in the business, and then I was like, "Oh, okay. it, it, it's going to be it's
0: going to be people who have ungated accounts, but just didn't have the infrastructure to set up. They, they just didn't feel like going through the hoops of like setting up a consignment business, making a whole website about it. Uh, yep. And it's going to be like smaller deals. Like, oh, I trust Frank. I don't, I don't know about this restrictedinventory.com. So I'm going to send it to Frank instead. Right.
1: Uh, that's not a bad idea though. That's a good I think that's a good website idea.
0: Yeah. And then he's going to have it like Yelp so each like restrictedinventory.com is going to have its reviews. Then it's going to be reezy.biz and it's going to be Frank if you if you can get in popular textbooks it's, it's going to be like all these different so it'll be pretty cool cuz it's going to allow the cream of the crop
1: to to rise up hopefully. And hopefully uh, Yeah, that does. Hopefully he can um remove uh, crappy uh, ratings and uh feedback what do you mean
0: remove crappy
1: like Amazon? like Oh, this guy didn't ship my book or this, this shipment was like, a-
0: yeah, that that's going to be tough because it's like, it's like, what if the competition, like what if that Zen arbitrage guy like just comes in and, and shits on me? I don't know. I don't know. Seems like a good guy, but he could, I don't think he would ever shit on you. He, he could get all the Zen arbitrage Zen arbitrage. Is that what they're called? The army of Zins. No idea. <laughs> the army of Zins go attack. <laughs>
1: That's more of a Peter thing than anyone else. (laughs) Well,
0: I thank you very much for being my first guest virtually. I've interviewed lots of people, but this is like the first time.
1: Well, I feel honored to steal your virginity.
0: Gracias. (laughs) Which, whichever you want to take, whichever. (laughs) All right, buddy.
1: Thanks, man. I appreciate this. Um, Hope you have fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: I did. It was uh, it was awesome. I always enjoy talking to you, man. I'm gonna For end sure. this. Uh, we didn't go live on Facebook; it just went on YouTube. So that's fair. That's YouTube fair. Video will be up. Like, comment, subscribe. Go follow Frank. Peace out, family. Violated health codes.
1: Dope sells like the charge, dude. But selling's all about potential. If money speaks, then I'm the main act. I give a demo about the intro. Chain hangs in the building just to let 'em know the next one.